0: Hi everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good buddy Seth Robinson. Seth, you out there? I'm here. How you doing? I'm okay. It's
1: uh, It's been a crazy week. I know I've told you a little bit about this, but we had uh, two car accidents in two days, and everyone's fine, uh, and luckily neither one was our fault, but it's still a hassle, you know? And um, the, the first one... Didn't do too much damage to the car, but then the second one did, did a fair amount of damage to that car. So we're down a car now. So you know we're shuffling all that, you know the the vehicles, and of course my, my daughter, whose car is is now gone, is very upset. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. So you know a little little painful at the beginning, but it's uh, it's sunny here now and beautiful, and so I'm hoping that we don't have a a third third incident with cars this week.
0: No, I can sympathize with that. I've had my share of uh, car incidents here in this family, and it's no fun. Um, but as long as nobody got hurt, then I'm happy to hear that. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're we're all good, and uh, definitely ready for the re- weekend. Ready to put this week to bed.
0: Yes, me too. I'm ready, ready for the weekend. No football this weekend. Waiting for uh, next weekend, where my Patriots are in the Super Bowl. Yay! I know that's a popular outside of where I live, but it's so, so exciting.
1: Yeah, I, I know you're excited. I, you know, I wish the Vikings would have made it in. Um, I, I just feel like that's a little more interesting matchup. Um, I feel like of the four teams that were left in the, in the conference championships, this was sort of the most boring outcome. Um, like anything else would have, you know, a little more interesting storylines, but, you know, hopefully a good game
0: what could be more interesting than uh six super bowl titles for the patriots that's a great storyline it, it's so great <laughs> uh i won't i, I won't uh, bore you anymore with my patriots talk we'll, we'll talk about it after the super bowl and we'll see what happens yeah fair enough okay good so, we have a esteemed guest with us today, Seth, correct? I think you're in the room with her right now. We Was do. It? We've uh, we've had one other
1: member of the research team on before when we had Amy Crado in here, and now we're really happy to welcome yet another member, Anna Mathai. Welcome, Anna. Hello.
2: Nice to be here.
1: Good. We're glad to have you. Uh, you've got a new study that mm-hmm. just got published, I think at the end of last year, right? Yes. We, we snuck it in right before Christmas, um, but really interesting stuff. I think all three of us have touched on this topic in the past, right. um, yes. so yeah, we can all yeah. kind of chime in here on this issue around youth and their interest in technology and how that translates into potential interest in technology careers, which we all know is becoming a bigger and bigger thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So why don't we just start with um, where kids are today. I think you found in this latest study very similar data to what we've seen in the past around kids and their relationship to technology and what they're doing with it.
2: Absolutely. I mean, we found that, I think all of us who have children probably know this and experience this, but in our sample of 13 to 17-year-olds, almost everyone said they liked or loved technology. It was almost at 96%, which is very comparable to what we've seen in the past. And I thought what was also interesting is not that they just like technology, but they're the first sort of point of call for, you know, to troubleshoot tech issues for their parents or their family. So they're just very involved with technology and a little more for boys than for girls, Mm -hmm. but still, you know, pretty high across the board. So technology is a big part of their lives um you know not just in school but for everything else that they do
1: yeah and as i was reading this year's report i thought of something that i hadn't thought of in the past i think for all of us uh, and for a lot of people that are working today technology is this thing that came onto the scene for us you know we can all remember when we got our first computer uh, when, it, when it maybe came into the house for the first time, we can remember using it for school or for work and and seeing that progression. And that's not the case for them. It, it's not just that technology is in their life as a constant factor. It's far less novel to them right, than it has been to it.
2: us. I mean, they're called digital natives for a reason. Right. I, I mean, technology
1: is the same to them as, like, roads are to us. Yes, right? Yes, it's so. just it's we assume it's there. And I think we... Might tend to forget that a little bit as we start to talk about careers, and again, most of us that have gotten into technology, especially you know me being an electrical engineer by by training, um, can think about how novel it was and how interested we were in it. Um, but for them, it, it's just a very different perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost think the kids today—I don't even know that they categorize the things they use as technology. You know, to us, it's it's a, it's a category; it's a it's a segment. To them, I think it's just these are the things that I've always had and that I work with and that I use for entertainment and I use to communicate and, you know, I guess if it falls into some sort of categorization, so be it. But I think um, more more of us as adults think about things as under the umbrella of technology.
1: Yeah. And and I feel like that translates a lot into the way they use it and, and what they expect from it. Like I've seen a little bit with my oldest daughter, um, because technology came onto the scene for me and because it became a new tool that I could use to look up information or whatever that that's my approach to it for her because of a lot of social media because of the the fact that it's just always been there I think she's expecting it to come to her I don't think she expects to utilize it and go out and and do a lot of searching because we've massaged all of these tools so well that we are bringing people curated feeds of information and we're bringing them exactly what they're interested in. And the idea of, I want to go find something is is not as present in her mind as I think it is for, for me and a lot of the people my age.
0: That's interesting. So it's much more push, not pull. Yeah.
1: yeah. Absolutely
2: interwoven in their lives. I mean, <laughs> it's just like fundamental to what they do.
1: Right, right. So taking that then, how does that translate into being interested in doing technology for a career, uh, especially as we get up into uh, older kids that are you know, starting to graduate high school, starting to think about what they want to go into for college? Um, what exactly does that relationship look like?
2: Right, so we found that, you know, most teens in our study, they're actively looking for information, they're actually thinking about, you know, what they want to do with their lives and what careers they want to pursue and interestingly for us and what was encouraging was that interest in technology or IT careers has increased a whole 10 percentage points from the last time that we did this study and um, that's largely driven by girls being more interested in it and that is a very encouraging storyline boys have always i think in the last iteration of the study were as interested as in this iteration Mm -hmm. and girls is where we saw that big jump so definitely you know positive momentum in that direction and what's also encouraging is when you ask about specific areas of technology like with specific concrete examples like um you know what like designing video games or designing apps, um, when you look at those things, interest is even higher. So definitely um, positive momentum, but again, given what we spoke about of how fundamental technology is with everything, it could certainly be a lot higher. So Were there,
0: mm-hmm. were there specific types of careers that uh, girls seemed more interested in than boys that gravitated to?
2: Um, so I think video games were um, more you know designing video games were was more popular with boys, and I mm-hmm. think web design was more popular with girls. but across the board, interest in those specific areas that we asked about was certainly uh, you know higher. Um, and it was pretty comparable except for these two specific areas that I just mentioned.
0: Mm, interesting.
2: Just to
1: point out a couple of researchy type things about the data here. So to go up 10 percentage points from the last time we did it, which was only two years ago, is fairly significant. Um, That's a a pretty big jump uh, in that time frame. So, you know, I don't want to gloss over that. And then the other thing that I would say is the timing of this study. So we were collecting data in the fall. And Carolyn and I on Volley have talked about the Me Too movement and a lot of things that happened with women last year. I think the timing of this study doesn't necessarily capture that. So I don't think because of the time that we would do this study, you wouldn't say everything that happened last year led to this rise in interest in in girls. I think it's more than that. It's going back. It's a lot of initiatives that, you know, similar to things that we've had in CompTIA in our advancing women in IT community. It's not just this moment in 2017 that propelled girls' interest in technology. No,
2: I think it's more of a cumulative thing, Mm -hmm. a lot of things building up to it. And these are also younger girls, we looked at 13 to 17, so, you know, I think it's a lot more things coming their way, maybe through things in school or anything else that they've seen.
0: Yeah. It's encouraging, though. You're right, Anna. It's good to see that. Um, And, you know, you wonder what specifically is driving it, but I think there's, as you said, we do a lot of things here at CompTIA. Um, to encourage uh, girls to take an interest in a technology career. And I think that you're seeing a lot of momentum outside of uh, our our own association as well with different um, awareness campaigns and advocacy that's being done. So that's a a positive. That 10% really is.
1: Yeah, I I think it's fantastic. Uh, Again, thinking about my, my kids and my two girls, um... I, I don't think that they have felt very much like this is an area for boys and this is an area for girls. I, I don't think they've felt that much, and I've been really interested to see how it might change as they've grown older. But I do think that a lot of the initiatives that a lot of different people have been doing are starting to take hold. And uh, everything that we might have seen last year... Was kind of a flashpoint in society, uh, but it's really encouraging to see this data. And like you said, Anna, it's really showing off the cumulative effect of, nice. of several things over the past few years.
0: Yeah, well, I'm seeing a breakdown in just gender spe- gender roles um, among my kids, at least. You know, the, uh, my younger daughter, who's in high school, and, and and my older daughter as well, have always now. Um, operated in a mixed group of boys and girls as their friends and their peers and I don't see they they don't think um, you know that's a boy's job and that's a girl's job and I very very much see none of that in either my high school age kid or my college age kid and you know she has just as many boy friends who she hangs out with um, as she does girls Um, So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. So that, you know, the the fact that there is so much commingling now of the two genders at a friend level, platonic friend level, um, if that has any impact on the way that girls and boys think about, you know, what are the types of things that they're supposed to do that are related to their gender versus the other gender? Maybe that divide is just... You know, it's interesting in the in the in the Me Too time, uh, the adults don't seem to have it together, but maybe the kids do.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you mention that because I feel like I see it too, and I almost feel like the extent to which my oldest daughter might talk about gender-specific roles or not wanting to have gender-specific roles, that comes from information that she's hearing from people telling her there shouldn't be gender-specific roles, right? Like, if we just were, at, at this point, if we were almost were quiet about it, mm-hmm. I think these kids are growing up seeing that there's a, a lot of equality and a lot of opportunity. And, of course, there are still places that we have to fight against and be aware of. Um, but it's, it's really interesting that a lot of her information almost seems to come from uh, this, this discussion of, here's what you have to watch out for, and if she didn't hear that stuff... She'd kind of be, you know, going forward as a blank slate.
0: Yep, I agree. I think that holds true for, um, for racism. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, if, yeah, I see that also with kids. Is is you know they're they're colorblind for the most part these days. Younger kids growing up, um, and then they start to hear, you know, about they hear the negativity from the adults. Like I said, it seems like the adults don't really have it together. But today's younger generation of kids seem to, um, to seem to. Well.
1: Uh, Good news for all of our retirements, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I I
0: hope so. One other
1: interesting point that jumped out to me around this area of people becoming or youth becoming more interested in technology career was uh, a significant interest in Mm data-related careers or the fact that data plays a role in careers today. When I've been talking on this topic, I really highlight data as an area that can attract students that might not traditionally be attracted to a STEM Curriculum, mm-hmm. uh, especially around something like data visualization. So it's like, oh, are you artistic? You know, do you like to tell a story? If you can read the data and turn that into something that would help somebody make a better decision, you know, that doesn't necessarily require you know all the heavy-duty technology stuff, math and science. But it really appeals to a different group that might have previously thought <coughs> that IT wasn't for them.
2: Right, absolutely. And that was again something else that was really encouraging that teens sort of understand that. The work that they do with technology is sort of directly transferable into you know work that they're going to do in the future. Mm. So uh, things like like you said with data or with or even the skills that they learn through using social media, some of that can be translated into um, you know real life career choices that they might make. And um, so data was a big thing, and we were very glad to see that you know they sort of understood that link. Now, if you're looking at a difference between girls and boys, um, boys thought that coding had more, um, you know, real-world relevance later. Mm. And that, that we didn't see as much of that with the girls. Mm-hmm. So so definitely one area of difference there, but otherwise with something like data or with general computer skills or, you know, things like that, there was really no difference between girls and boys.
0: One thing we've been trying to emphasize here at CompTIA, and I've been involved in a couple of things to do this, is that um, a technology career does not have to look like a help desk job, for instance, it can, and that's perfectly fine. But there, are, you know, so many industry, every industry today really is um, is becoming digitized, and uh, technology is part of the fabric in every department. Um, in every type of vertical industry. And so, uh, as kids can learn that a technology job isn't necessarily what they may envision in their head, and I saw some of the negatives mm-hmm. uh, about a technology career, Anna, in the study, you know, and I think some of those negatives are that stereotype of you're just working all day in a data center or at a computer and you're isolated, but that's not necessarily the case. And as you said, Seth, you can also have a tech related career that isn't necessarily tied so closely to having STEM background. Um, so I think that that broader message as it gets out there is going to open up the doors to so much more interest for, from these kids.
1: So that leads pretty well into the, the next section of the report here, which is around the the places where kids get information about their careers or what information they might have. and there's definitely a gap, uh, like Carolyn was just mentioning, around what technology careers look like and what kids know about them today. And some of that gap comes from places where they can get information, the fact that they can't get information, the fact that they might not know people in the field. Uh, But that that gap definitely exists, right?
2: Right, absolutely. So what we found was that like about half, 45% of the students in our sample look to their parents or family for information about their careers and what they'd like to do. But only just about a third, I think 28%, knew someone that actually worked in the tech field or worked in IT. So there's definitely that gap. If you're looking for more specific information of what does this job actually entail, um, the, there's not too many places they're getting that information because they don't know people who work in that field. So You know there is that gap when it comes to um i see here so and they get a lot of their information from schools and the good news in the study is that more schools are actually providing that information so that's good and they get their information from teachers and career counselors or they say they're getting they want their information from there but a big part of that is You know, somebody that they actually know, I think, to get that real-world feel. So anything that you can do to provide that specific information, I think, will definitely help in um, boosting awareness of IT careers and interest in IT careers. Mm
1: -hmm. I wonder, though, this gap that we talk about, we focus on it a lot inside of CompTIA, Mm -hmm. uh, as, as you would expect us to. And I do think that there's something to the fact that technology is becoming more strategic to business. We talk about that all the time. And so that brings a little bit more um, importance to this discussion about understanding what a career in technology might look like. But I still feel like this gap isn't that different from any other career path that we might choose, right? So my daughter, uh, again, is thinking of going into environmental engineering. I don't know much about that. She does come to me quite a bit. Um, and I, I don't think she knows where else to find information, right? And that's you know, kind of a tech career, but she's got another friend that wants to be an actuary. I don't think she knows any actuaries. I don't think she knows very much about what being an actuary is all about. She just kind of caught it and it probably sounded interesting and she's she's going with it, right? And so I I do feel like we could have this same conversation about a number of different careers. What do you think, Carolyn?
0: No, I, I would agree. I was just thinking about my own experience. You know, I went. I knew I wanted to be a journalist at the time. I'm not anymore, but I I wanted to be a journalist, and, and that's what I pursued in high school and, and college. And I didn't know a single person who was in journalism. I didn't know any writers. That wasn't what my parents did. Um, so it's interesting. I you know why technology would be any different than like you said other careers that kids decide to pursue. And you know, in an example from my own life. Also, you know, my daughter, who is in college, really didn't know what she wanted to do when she left. She, she started out wanting to be a psych major because I think I have no idea why she wanted to be a psych major. And that didn't last long. She never Probably didn't heard. figure you out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's been trying to do that for almost 20 years now. Um but, you know, then she changed to, you know, she was going to go into uh, a nursing job. And now she's in public health uh, administration, and she wants to work on things, you know, related to public health. Think about, like, the National Institutes of Health or the CDC and doing things like that. Science jobs, she's really into the math and the science, but I, I've seen her trajectory here. I think she's settled now, but, I, I, you know, I'll knock on wood, I don't really know that for sure, but... Uh, you know it's interesting, I never guided her on any of those things because I know nothing about any of those three careers I mean other than maybe being a guinea pig for her psych ambitions, <laughs> but you know that's so yeah it's, an, it's it's interesting. I mean how much is it our responsibility to be pushing this information on kids and and, and is it a waste of time? Are they even going to be listening to us?
1: And where exactly can it go? So I think that leads into sort of this final part of the discussion here, which is you know what are, what are the next steps? Mm-hmm. Uh, And if you're looking at the data and you identify a gap, then you can begin to talk about a program or some set of information that would fill that gap. Uh, If you're looking at an educational pathway and you want technology to be more of a part of that, you can start talking about what would that look like and how do you start someone at ground zero and start building them up. The question becomes, where does it go, right? So like if you're thinking about a curriculum discussion, which curriculum? goes away to take the place of technology right that that becomes i think kind of kind of tricky here and i think there are some things that we should do because technology is broadly becoming more applicable um but we have to realize that there are some limitations
2: Right, absolutely. And you provide all this information, somebody has to really go out and look for it. They may not even want to look for that. Right. We don't know that. But I think you could provide the specific information that they're looking for, like a day in the life of someone that works in IT. I don't know how much that would help, but at least provide that specific information. And so it's out there should someone look for it.
1: And there's a data point in the study that I I think is interesting around uh, the automation trend Mm -hmm. and the fact that kids are becoming more aware of automation and they, they hear new stories that automation might take away jobs and they've got concern over it, right?
2: Right. I mean, I have an 11-year-old, so slightly younger than the target we looked at. And um, I was quite surprised because we went to a Panera Bread one day. And she, and I wanted to use the kiosk just to get out of there on time, and she said, "No, we're gonna go talk to the person there because I don't want that person's job to go." Away. <laughs> so I, I was really surprised. I've never had that discussion with my daughter about you know, jobs going away, but it's something that um, she saw and and commented on. So I wasn't surprised that when we saw this among in you know, a slightly older group, they're, they're more exposed to things. And we found that as you grow older, like the 17-year-olds in the study were more concerned than the 13-year-olds. So I think as the workforce uh, for seems more real, or the jobs that you do seem more real, then it becomes more of a concern. And it was a concern among both boys and girls. And the closer they got to that workforce, that's when the concerns sort of built.
1: Yeah, and I, so I, I, I go ahead, Carolyn.
0: Oh no! I was just gonna—I was just gonna say, you know, maybe this generation is going to be the anti-technology generation. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a backlash because uh, they're not going to want to embrace all of these uh, emerging technologies that are going to steal their jobs. No,
2: I don't know. I think it's just that you know, in, in my daughter's case, I think it was this knee-jerk, eleven-year-old reaction. And if she thought about it a little more, maybe that you know, she'd come to a different conclusion. But. The simplest conclusion that she could draw in her mind, I think, was jobs go away bad. Yeah, and (laughs) that that
1: could be based on bits of information that she's getting here and there. And I I think that's a really interesting area to focus on, is what myths are out there Mm -hmm. that are getting propagated that might have stood for a long time, like you need math and science to get into technology, or they might be newer, like robots are going to take over all of our jobs. And our foundation specifically has done quite a bit of work around tackling those myths. The, the CEO of the foundation, Charles Eaton, has written a book around that. And that I think is interesting, right? I, I think having a discussion with a group of high schoolers about here's why a technology job is important, that I think might tend to kind of go over their heads. I don't know that that will resonate with them, but to say to them, here's what's going on with technology that might be different than you are thinking that might be relevant, and that might change their opinions a little bit.
2: Right, and in another iteration of the study that we're doing among slightly older people, like you know, the, the workforce millennials, and we looked at millennials, boomers, and Gen X, and everyone's really positive about, you know, automation. Like, they're fine with it in ATMs or, you know, those examples of automation. They're okay with that. They're positive, you know. Generally, most people think there's good coming out of it. Right. But again, when you ask about some specifics, like a robot doing something specific, then people like millennials were not as positive about mm-hmm. it. But the older folks were like, "Fine, maybe that's because they're almost out of the way. yeah. World. They're almost they're like, of okay, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> they're going to escape." <laughs> I think the whole concept of um, you know just thinking ahead of some of these more uh, futuristic type of technologies and how they're going to impact the workforce and the fact that youth already are aware of it. Uh, I find that fascinating. And I know a lot of it is you know headlines you can't escape, and you know they're on they're they've got feeds on their social media that they're seeing. stories are like float, floating by all the time. but it's still interesting that they're thinking about it.
1: yeah, and I, I I think that there are things that can be done. You know I don't want to dismiss the fact that kids are kids. Uh, I, I think there definitely are some steps that can be taken to um, describe these myths, describe the reality. I think there's also sort of two paths that we could think about here. Again, we tend to focus very much on careers in technology, you know, hardcore technical careers uh, or or even newer careers that that are going to fall into kind of that technical area but aren't quite as hardcore, you know, pulling cables or whatever. There's also the fact that every career needs technology more and more. And this begins to get into the curriculum and like what are kids coming out of high school with a basic understanding of? I almost see these as two separate issues, uh, and I think as a trade association, we could attack them separately, and we could talk about, generally, you know, what should a gen ed edu- uh, understanding of technology look like, and then specifically, as people become interested in a career, how can we help them along that path?
2: Absolutely, and you, you talked about uh, the need to sort of a broader understanding of technology, There's definitely um, in our study, I think, room to grow there, because we found that just about a quarter Knew that you don't need a four-year degree to, um, you know, pursue a career in the tech field. So there's a lot, a lot more information that could be given about sort of you don't need a college degree, but you could do other things in the tech field with that. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I think I think that's going to resonate if you kind of tie it together to how expensive um, higher education is today. If you can make the argument that you can without a four-year degree um, get a. a viable, semi, you know, a lucrative job in, in technology uh, versus taking on, you know, as much debt as as I, I see kids taking on these days uh, to get a four-year degree. Um, I think that's a really, really, really um, strong message to send.
1: All right. Well, uh, I think that kind of wraps up the discussion. Generally, if people want more details, this report is available on CompTIA.org. Underneath the Insight and Tools section, and I think this one's open to registered users, yes, right? Yes, yes. So all you have to do is become a registered user for free on CompTIA.org, and you can get access to this report uh, along with many other research reports that are available for free. Uh, so please check it out. And Anna, thanks for joining us today. Nice to be here. And <laughs> Carolyn, hope you have a good weekend. Yep, you too. Thanks, guys. Bye.